Hello, world. This is the Know Your Place podcast, and this is episode 43. And on this week's episode, I'm going to sort of <clears throat> talk about the Inns of Eris, because I think it's very interesting how they define the places they're in in the moments in time. So stay tuned. Uh, the impetus for bringing up this uh, topic is uh, the recent passing of George H.W. Bush uh, this weekend. I guess uh, I guess uh, Sunday is uh, it's uh, December second, two thousand eighteen. So uh, this today it happened this morning, I guess. But uh, you'll probably be hearing this podcast in the future. So anyway. Uh, the reason why I talk about him and sort of say it's the end of an era is, you know, he, uh, <clears throat> for all the outsiders who aren't Americans who listen to my podcast, he wasn't just a president. Uh, he was vice president under Reagan for his two terms, and before that he was head of the CIA. And prior to that, he had been quite the stalwart in Texas politics. So it wasn't like he was a Johnny come lately, you know. It wasn't like he just did this one term as president and that's all he's remembered for. No, he's remembered for a lot of things. And that is why I think his son, uh, George W. Bush, had such an easy time winning uh, when he ran in 2000. So uh, why do I say it's the end of an era? You know, that's a pretty grand claim to claim that he was part of an era and then that it's come to its demise is because the uh, Bush political family now is essentially over, and they were one that had really shaped a certain way America was perceived, and in particular Texas has been perceived over the past few years. And this is also sort of ties in with John McCain, too, who passed away this year, and I'll talk about him a little bit, too. But they, they personified this, um, you know, they were part of... George H.W. was part of the greatest generation, the generation that fought in World War II. And, uh, you know, he personified what they did in government, you know. And in a lot of ways, I know now people are very critical of their policies. But at the time in the 80s uh, and into the early 90s, it seemed like we were winning or America was the good guys out conquering the evil in the world. Now I don't want to make that uh, presumption that that's how it's perceived anymore, but it was kind of perceived that way, right? You know, Reagan goes out and says, Gorbachev tear down this wall, but Germany reunifies under Bush's presidency. And he, he took a lot of flack for uh, allowing German reunification to happen or sort of tacitly supporting it, you know, or, you know, and that's uh, that's sort of the legacy I'm talking about, the era that's ended. This era of uh, sort of – and it was already on its way out. Like uh, even during Obama's presidency and even prior to that at the, the later years of George W. Bush – I'll talk about this too when I talk about Clinton. It seemed like – it seems like now we can officially say – that this era of America being perceived as the world police force is over, especially with some of the rhetoric our current president, Mr. Trump, has thrown around. Uh, so why I say this is interesting is, do, does that mean sort of uh, this style of politics of, well, we're trying to look like the good guy, but, you know, there's 
there's all kinds of underhanded dealings around us, and we're not really sure if any of these plans are working. But we we really want to be perceived as the good guy on the outside. I mean, that is a lot of people give both the Bushes a lot of flack, but his father in particular, George H. W. Bush, was really known for being seen as the nice guy. You know, like being seen as the negotiator, the guy that made everybody happy. And, you know, I guess that era for us is over. I mean, if you look at our current president and his rhetoric, uh, you can't help but think that that era is over. And I don't know what to make of that. You know, I mean, I've grown up as a kid seeing that on display. And I'm going to talk about Clinton here in a second because that you can't talk about them and not talk about him. But I guess I kind of knew this era was – Part of me had thought that the Bush dynasty of, you know, supposed closet conservatives, you know, trying to be seen on the outside as nice people, but want to intervene in all these wars and things, you know, part of me had uh, thought that that could still happen again. You know, people don't forget how fast things move in the world and how fast perception changes uh, because they just see Trump now and all of that's gone. But they don't realize two years ago, around this time, you, you know, two years and some months before, Jeb Bush was still a front runner for presidency. There was a chance that the Bush dynasty could continue. Now, granted, Trump killed him in that debate, but we don't know what would have happened if that didn't go down that way. And I think that's important to stress now because with the father passing away and their mother gone and Jeb having lost in that in the Republican primary in 2016, we can officially say that this era is over. They are no longer the shakers that they were. Their family does not have the influence it did. And it's interesting. I don't really have a... I'm sure people want me to come out stridently, and I don't come out stridently when people pass on. I was a critic of a lot of policies of uh, his son. Him, I'm not – I mean, I wasn't really alive for him being president, and uh, my heritage is German, so I can't really say that I disagree with German reunification. But there are definitely things that people can uh, criticize – him for i'm he's not a blameless individual especially with the way he sort of made the cia as powerful as it is in our country now uh so why do i think this is all important that's just interesting compare ends of era so uh why i say that is uh, if you talk about also the clinton era uh it was so it, it got exciting and was over in a much faster period of time with bill clinton you know, he uh, took over in 92 some golden child, you know, that was a shaker, changed things up. And then by 2001, after his uh, Gore, his vice president, having lost, and then uh, September 11th happening, it was quite clear that uh, the – it was quite clear that Clinton was no – the air was gone. Nobody really thought about the Clintons anymore. And – don't, and yeah, they won a Senate seat, and yeah, they were in a primary. In two, Hillary was in a primary in 2008 and 2016. But it just – that whole election, to me, it seemed painfully clear that this we were talking about a bygone era with them. And again, that was sort of like um, – we, we were interventionist just like – <laughs> 
people are going to get mad at me probably for saying this in the comment section, but I don't, I don't see a lot of difference between Bill and W senior, other than the fact that W senior was more experienced in federal government. Whereas Clinton was more, you know, famous for being governor of Arkansas and things, but, on the outside, they really be wanted to be America to perceived as a a great power and the world's police force and trying to intervene and do the right thing all the time. And it constantly floundered, you know. And this was on full display in that show they made about the presidency called The West Wing. You know, they were modeling it after the Clinton White House. And it, these uh, these eras that are gone. While I am excited to no longer sort of be seen as the world's police force or, you know, while I'm, I've been quite skeptical of the aims of these people that have been in charge, it does beg the question what the next era looks like in America, what we will look like going forward, what it will um, – I don't know if, it, if that means a better era emerges, you know, uh, when – when the Roman Republic fell and Caesar was in charge and then Caesar fell, they were very fortunate that Augustus emerged. And Augustus's reign, while it meant the end of uh, the Republic as they knew it, it was a very good reign. Things were really looking up for Rome. And then it got so much worse after that. So um, it's, uh, the, fence is real, the jury is really out on those kind of things. And I wanted to talk about a few other eras that I felt like were ending that sort of defined – that we're going to – I mean, we've already started looking back on the Bush era, and uh, it's already sort of part of the history books, and so is the Clinton era, because now we're taught – we are – we're over – we're starting to become about two decades removed, so we can do that now. You can get away with that. What will be really interesting for me going forward is, you know, Merkel has announced she is not seeking re-election, and – she and the Grand Coalition have defined German politics now for since 2005 for you know over a decade. What will future Germany look like? Will it be one where they keep going in this direction of some perceived Grand Coalition of people working out for the grand best of Germany? And will Germany be the strongest power in Europe continuing going forward? And will it want to be perceived kind of like America as like a a power, a hegemony, a, a great country with an overwhelming economy, or will things start to slither away because they, uh, because of the different policies they have embraced as part of the EU and trying to leave their mark on the world? Uh, you know, that one will be really interesting to watch, and I think people should look out for it as time goes on, uh, because I don't really know what to tell you what I think is going to happen. So anyway, yeah, those are some eras, and, you know, when I think of Merkel's Germany, I'm going to think of Germany really emerging as the strongest country in Europe for that decade. And I know my British listeners are going to be offended, and I know other people are going to be offended, but, you know, they won the World Cup again in 2014, and they their economy has been by far the strongest for a while now in Europe, and I think that that will really have defined him. Merkel's Germany will be defined that way, much like, you know, when we had a huge upswing in America during Clinton's era in the early part of Clinton's era in the 90s, that's how we were defined. We were defined as America's back, you know, America is strong. And that's, um, 
that is how people are how Trump's supporters uh, right now want to see his presidency ultimately defined. But I don't think it's going to turn out that way for him, uh, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, there's um there's a, there's very interesting eras when we look at places. And uh, I also guess uh, while I'm at it, I'm going to bring up the Tony Blair era because I thought it, Tony Blair, and I'll also bring up Margaret Thatcher because I thought it was very interesting. I've been, you know, in, intertwined so much with a lot of uh, United Kingdom British people, and they, uh, in a comment section, somebody said, "Who do people think of worse in their memory, Margaret Thatcher or Tony Blair?" You know, because there is a lot of disdain for both people from certain factions. But I found it very interesting to see that in a poll that was done recently, there was a 30% of the people polled, these British citizens, not only didn't like Tony Blair, you know, because, you know, let's face it, a lot of people didn't like George W. Bush when he left office either. You know, they want him tried for war criminal activity for what happened in Iraq. That's bold. That is a really large disdain. I mean, it's not a majority. You'll never see any more criminal charges, but that is crazy. Not to say that he, I agree, I don't agree personally with a lot of interventionist policies, but that is, that's, um, that's a whole nother level. You know, I think people really had some disdain for him. And I, I say this because that just goes to show you how fast the tables turn. Like I said, you know, cause uh, I don't think British people or UK people really realize sort of, well, I guess they do sort of realize, but when we think of Blair in America, he defined what we thought of as England in that in the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, we just, somebody would say Britain, and they instantly thought of Tony Blair. They didn't think of the Queen. They didn't think of any of this other stuff. They thought of Tony Blair, you know, and his rolling around and his weirdo look and the Bond films and all this other stuff, you know, they thought of Tony Blair and he, uh, he is now, they don't like him there anymore, you know, and I don't blame them. He's been a loud mouth since he's been out of office and this and that, but you know, when we talk about, cause I'm as a geographer, I'm very interested in identity and how people perceive themselves. So, you know, when we talk about eras ending, that means what does the new Britain look like? What does Britain post Blair look like? Well, it looks like a cluster, okay? And not to say that it wasn't a cluster under Blair, but now you got a conservative party that hates its voters, that wanted to remain but had to have the vote to keep its coalition together, and now half of its party doesn't like them. And now the Labour Party under Blair that w acted like it was acting anti-Brexit is now half of its parties coming around to the idea because there's a lot of working class labor supporters who don't who want to Brexit as well so you it's just it's so weird it's uh you know we don't have a unified picture of the UK much like it looks like the US under Trump no longer has a unified uniform picture of what people think of it Whereas it did look for a little while after September 11th under Bush, we had a more unifying picture. And then again, in the first year under Obama, it looked like we had a more unifying picture of what America was going to look like. But ever since Trump has gotten elected, and I don't see it getting any better, frankly, we, we, don't, we look like a country on the verge of another civil war. And I don't really know what can stop that. 
because uh, uh, you know we had a lot of great compromises before our first civil war, and we still had to have the civil war. It just uh, there was no avoiding it. So yeah, um, ends of eras they happen all over the place, and of course in France they're having these giant riots in Paris. So it does appear that um, I don't really. Some people say France has been kind of, in my opinion, in decline since the end of World War II. It just is not. It's never the power that it was pre pre World War II or pre World War One, for that matter. But it uh, it really does. It looks shabby now. If there was any kind of recovery happening in France, if France was getting better as part of the EU and some of its reforms since Macron has taken over. You know, a lot of people thought, well, France won the World Cup. You know, this would be a rejuvenation. It's only highlighted the great inequality in France. <laughs> and these riots have just gotten worse and worse. And, you know, the terrorist attacks, people, they are, I mean, we can blame the terrorist attacks on the terrorists. I'm not trying to say that it didn't happen. But it has been proven a lot of these people were linked to poor back backgrounds growing up in the squalor in the slums of France. And it's just crazy. It's um France does not look like a country putting out, you know, famous artists or where people learn to paint or learn more about literature or learn more about you know, uh they have debates on uh, morality and um you know philosophers. France does not appear that way anymore. France really appears in shambles and fractured. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it, it looks like the results of the ends of all these eras is fractured nations. If somebody has sort of uh, a uh, counter-argument for me, I'm, a, I'm more than welcome to he hear it. So uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, keep listening to my podcast. It's been great so far. Thanks. <laughs>